0: That's not art. Yes. Today, today, what are we going to be talking about? If I remember correctly, we're going to be talking about abstraction, what we like about it, or mm-hmm. maybe what frustrates us about it, or why why, why people are frustrated by it, perhaps. <laughs> I'm not, but I think other people are sometimes.
1: Yes, yes. A lot of people don't like abstract art.
0: I think they feel it's almost like um, insulting them in a way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they don't, they don't feel it deserves wall space, definitely.
0: Yeah, and I think they feel like they don't get it and it makes them mad or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they, they think, okay, this is like some sort of big, massive joke that the art community has pulled on the world. And in some ways, they're right. Like, when you look at certain people, but, like, um, there's certain things that people have done, people like um, R, the Armand Urinal comes to mind. What's his name? Uh, you know, the... Oh, my mind isn't isn't on right? Oh,
1: uh, Marcel Duchamp. Oh. Yeah,
0: Duchamp, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah. Well,
1: so, he, so he's he's people love him though. He started well, he didn't start, but he 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 I guess he's the father of conceptual art.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know, and if people have a problem with abstract art, they often have an even larger problem with conceptual art.
1: Yeah, I must say I'm 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 on I'm undecided yet. I'm I'm discovering things, I guess. I'm I'm keeping an open mind.
0: I think you have to keep an open mind and I think that you'll find that as you spend more time immersing yourself in art and about thinking about it, that it starts to make a little bit more sense why somebody would do that. And in some and some of it's more clever than others. Mm hmm. I, some of it, some of it you can genuinely look at it even not being somebody who has a um you know a great understanding or interest in in art and you can look at it and say well yeah that actually that's actually clever i'm trying to think of an example of course and i can but well <laughs> I, I guess i guess a yes. few
1: examples in my head but um before we get into conceptual
0: Shit, art good point.
1: i wanted to i wanted to talk about um all the shows that you've been to the just recently, you just came back from Toronto, right?
0: Yeah, we, uh, I, I was, uh, in Toronto visiting, um, it was a friend, uh, was having a, her, her 50th birthday party. And, um, so we, yeah, so we went on, on Saturday and stayed, stayed overnight. And then today we went to the art gallery of Ontario and, uh, wandered through it fairly quickly. I I really wish, in a lot of ways, I I love Toronto, but I don't know that I'd want to live there. I wish that the Art Gallery of Ontario was closer, I guess, because I certainly would spend a lot of time there. There's a lot to be learned in there, Mm
1: -hmm. a lot to see. Yes, definitely.
0: And my, originally, um, when I knew that this was going on, I was excited because I wanted to go see the um, Basquiat show. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and then I realized last week that a couple of weeks ago Sunday was the last day for it, so it was no longer hanging. But they started; they hung on Emily Carr show. Mm-hmm. Now and, David,
1: uh, David always
0: says em- uh, Emily Carr is a hack. <laughs> uh, Emily Carr a hack. Well, Emily Carr was really important, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was she was doing something that. Um, early for women that was not. women were not really that widely in the art. I mean, to this day, in a lot of ways, in, in certain areas of art, you don't see women that much. And she was, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm, I, I don't really know that much about her. I learned more about her today than I've ever known about her, but she was, you know, very interested in native culture. And she was, she was also an environmentalist as well. Uh, and, yeah. anyway, and, 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 the, and there was this, um, installation anyway, it, it, it had also a whole bunch of artifacts from, Native artifacts that were a part of the dis- uh, the display as well, and it was quite good. I-, I saw a few pieces that I liked. I find her coloration is a little bit dark sometimes, but some of her paintings are really, really moving, um, and her drawings are phenomenal. Like her drawings of totem poles and that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, so that was that was really good, and and I was kind of on the fence on whether I was going to go or not, um, but. but uh, I met, um, we met last night another friend of mine who I may have mentioned in a previous episode, um, Ben Portis, who used to work at the Arc of Ontario. He was a contemporary curator there, and he had seen it, and, and he said, he, actually, there was an Emily Carth show there when he used to work there, like, I'm not sure how long ago, but probably at least five years ago, and he said that the one that's up there now was a lot better than the one that was there when he was working there, oh and so God. I thought, and he's a guy who's, whose opinion I... Tr- I um, I take, I put a lot of stock into it because he's very, uh, he spends a lot of time doing, I mean, he was a curator of contemporary art at the AGO. I mean, that's, that's pretty high up there, right?
1: Well, you're going going to see everything then.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so anyway, so yeah, he said, he said, yeah, go, he said, yeah, go, you know, it's worth checking out. And then I, I would agree. I think I would recommend people go see that. It's, it's neat. And that whole gallery is good. And there's an interesting installation in the upstairs, um, on the fifth floor is I can't remember what it's called, but it's the contemporary like the most kind of modern and art up there now and there's a piece by and I don't remember the artist's name I hadn't heard of him uh, but it's this really large kind of diorama type installation thing that has these has taxidermy and mirrors and head, guys like guys in suits with bird heads and it's Whoa. just. It's really interesting. It's really cool, and and as you walk around it, you, you just there's a lot more to discover with it. And because it has mirrors in it, you sort of almost become part of it yourself because you're seeing your own reflection.
1: Oh, oh, oh.
0: And it's it's quite large. It takes up a pretty big space. So that that was, I think, the thing that I saw that impressed me the most today.
1: Huh. The Although the Emily, Carr, the
0: Emily Car the Emily Car stuff was good too, though. That but the, um, and then I saw Lauren Harris painting today that I, you know, you're almost in tears when I see some of those ones. Aww. Huh. But uh,
1: Good.
0: yeah, I, I I like going there. I think they actually have a. Um, if I, I was looking into memberships, and I think they actually have like a a distance membership for people that don't live in the city. That's cheaper, so you can still take advantage of being a member, and you get in for a little bit cheaper. And I'm not sure what other you probably get a discount at the gift shop and stuff like that. But I should look into that because I, I it's it's really an incredible space. Oh. <laughs>
1: Is that Bill Murray?
0: No, you hear you hear Bill Murray in the background. Maybe it's me. <laughs> I don't...
1: Are you growling?
0: No, no, maybe my stomach. No, I just ate. I should be fine. <laughs> well, Bill Murray's Bill Murray's passed out on the on the floor behind me. Oh. He had a he was staying with uh, he was staying with uh, Ashley's dad and his girlfriend, and so he had a real. Uh, I think he probably he had a lot of real workout. They have a yard and stuff, so he, I think he spent a lot of time running in circles.
1: Oh.
0: Aww. As, as as young dogs do. <laughs> But anyway, um, to get back to art, yeah. So that was the, that was really the, the highlight. I'm trying to think of anything. Oh, oh, yeah. I guess I was also uh, the on was it on Friday night? Yeah, we went to uh, I went to see the Ed Zelnak opening here in London at the Museum London. And and if anyone's near London and interested, that's certainly a, a show to um, to go and check out. I think Ed is a he's a very important, certainly a very important artist in London and the London area, but I'd argue bigger and, and even nationally. And and in some ways, even internationally, he's, he makes some pretty interesting pieces and to see somebody's work all together. And this is in the same space. Remember we, we, I met up with you a couple of summers ago and we saw that Patrick T. work.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. It was in the same space as that. And Patrick and Ed are contemporaries, right? They're friends and they taught together at Fanshawe college and maybe at the university as well. And, a different sort of work. Ed's work tends to be a little bit more, um, a little more organic. Anyway, I'm, I'm talking and talking and talking here, but
1: <laughs> keep going, keep going. <laughs> going. I can't interrupt. I'll have, I'll have to I know. Later.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, in any case, I guess, um, I'm just saying that it is worth definitely going and checking that out. And it's when you see anybody's work together. And I guess what I was getting at with talking about Patrick T-Bear show that we saw together, um, was that you you really when you see all that work together it kind of all makes a lot more sense and i don't i guess you probably don't know pat's work as well as i i didn't really know it that well but i've seen individual pieces throughout different places and there's a sculpture at university and and but to see it all in the, in the same spot really kind of pulls everything together i guess i guess that's the whole point of a well curated show isn't it yeah
1: well you really like the steel sculptures
0: well, he had some – there's some fiberglass work that he did, too, in his, early in his career. There these sort of these things that look almost like intestines. Oh. And there's, there's one, if you remember from being in London, there's one beside – between the Bell Building and the Federal Building on um, – um, what's the name of that street? Is that Rideout or Cal? Oh, yeah, Rideout. Wow. And then, actually, we were in front of the Walter Rediger ones. I remember we the, – the, they're sort of like squishy cubes. I think we were yeah. walking – we were walking by that at the same time we saw the Patrick T-Bear show. So, yeah, just around the corner from that, there's one of those pieces of his. And it's really sad to see it now because I haven't really paid any attention to it lately. But part of the reason for that is is they've, there's all these trees that have grown around it that are actually even touching it. And, and there's no, like, lighting on it or anything for at night. It's really embarrassing, actually, because this is, like, a, a pretty major artist. And they should be showcasing stuff like this. They shouldn't be letting it. I mean, it's being damaged by You can't let pine trees touch fiberglass over time like that. It's not good for it.
1: Oh, yeah, so nature is reclaiming
0: yeah, nature is reclaiming the, the space of the fiberglass. <laughs> I think it's just the uh, lack of, of caring on the part of the, it's probably on federal government property and they probably well,
1: just don't. If you're going to be putting your stuff, as public art outside i'm pretty sure you've considered the possibility that it's going to get either rusty or birds are gonna poop on it or, yeah. you know yeah. like you're gonna be prepared for that it has to be
0: yeah i guess that's the case isn't it yeah in any, in any case so that was that was my uh, i had a, a fair bit of art viewing over the weekend and then there's always the other incidental things that are up to in the gallery. Like I, I sent you that uh, picture of the David Urban painting. We were talking about him a while back. And he's a good example, I think, of uh, uh, somebody who really kind of gets abstraction. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. About uh, abstraction, I'm, I'm, um, I want to buy this book. There's a, there's a Bible. Somebody told me about it. I wrote it down. And I don't, maybe you have it. It's apparently like it's $150 or something like that. And it's a huge book. And it's abstract art in Canada.
0: I, I don't have it, no. Uh, but that's, it sounds familiar. I may have seen it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I got to get that book. So I'm going to get it. And um, then um, I'll just continue my my quest for. <laughs> For understanding um all the various faces of abstract art because this it's funny, there's there's some uh well lately I've heard my professors say that um all paintings are abstracted. Uh because it's not real. So um you take any corner of any painting and that's an abstraction. Um but i definitely can tell a figurative painting from an abstracted painting
0: so yeah and even what abstract means is an interesting conversation unto itself because to me being a bit of a purist like i don't see a lot of picasso's work for example as being abstract because it's still representational even Mm -hmm. though it's not a figure it's not a um you know, uh, when we're looking for like a photorealist type rendering of a person or whatever, there's still a figure in there. So I still see that. I mean, it's an abstraction of a figure. So to me, pure abstraction is not is is completely a kind of built out of your mind. You're not trying to build anything. And I don't. So I'm not saying that I'm right. In, yeah, in yeah, that yeah, dimension.
1: yeah. No, I know what you mean. Uh, there's that's the thing. Like, um, there there are many. Uh, different faces uh, of abstractions so that that makes it all the more interesting and I guess what I'm I'm interested in is when I see a show um, which piece attracts me and why so um, I always go towards the one painting that catches my eye right away and then I I stand in front of it and I try to decide what what was it what was it that called me you know uh, was it the colors was it the size of it was there a focus point in it um, did it did it uh, beckon an uh, an image in my mind or. Um, is this, is this the tranquility of this painting that I like or the busyness of it? And it seems like I tend to go towards art that is more tranquil, um, and that have a feel to them, uh, somehow like a touch, touch aspect of it. And that has depth. So I really like depth in paintings where your eyes seem to, where you seem to be sucked into the painting somehow, you know, like you're walking into another world. I really love yeah. that.
0: Yeah, a good uh, a good painter in any sort of genre or format of painting, I think, can layers the textures of the paint, and it, there's a way of it being having a quality that a photograph can't really have. Mm-hmm. And I think yes. that's probably what you're talking about. That's what I, I, that's what I'm drawn towards as well. And it doesn't matter whether to me, whether it's an abstract painting or not. I find that any, but you're not, you're talking more general too, though, I'm sure. But
1: yeah, um. I have a lot of debates over this. Um, I think we saw some of it on, on our uh, page there, uh, with my friend Angeline. Um, she likes realism and that's okay. I'm, you know, <laughs> um, I I I think I like hyperrealism when the hyperrealism part of the painting is somehow done. Um, and Gerhard Richter is a really good, really good example of that. You know, yeah. his photo photorealism mention, yeah. is. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm I'm interrupting you. No, no,
0: I'm interrupting you. Oh, I'm
1: sorry, <laughs> sorry just... for you
0: interrupting me, interrupting you. No, no, it's okay. <laughs>
1: I'll just finish the idea and then you can pick up on pick up on it but um um it's just that um the photos that he chooses of the people that he paints are very they're in poses that are very interesting and they're they're a bit uh, like there's one that's called I think Uncle Uncle Otto or something Elmut or and he's in his nazi uniform and then um he has the woman descending the stairs of course that's one of his famous ones but he has like a lot of relatives and he has also um images that he was drawn to um in the news of uh people that uh were uh, arrested and they were terrorists and um, stuff like that. Anyway, so his photorealism um, is done in black and white it's blurry a little bit so there's something done to it and um, it's not just simple picture ground idea here, there's kind of an interaction between the f- the foreground and the background uh, and it's not just like the objects are or the people are just standing in in thin air or in some kind of uh, photoshop background or something you know like um, it's all integrated so I need to to see for me to appreciate realism it has to be more than,
0: than, than
1: panby yeah. you know going to just say
0: more than a, more than a painting of Ken Dryden
1: Ken Dryden
0: or Ken Denby. Yeah, I think Ken Danby painted Ken Dryden.
1: <laughs> oh yes, that's yeah. Right.
0: I, I, it's funny that you brought up Gerhard Richter because I, I he was somebody who I just you know a few hours ago I was staring at his paintings in the Art Gallery of Ontario. Oh huh. wow! Yeah, and I, I i took a couple of uh, I took a couple of snaps with my with my phone. Maybe I'll, I'll put up one, but there was one that. Uh, it was. It's a landscape. That's a very realist landscape that I like a lot, and I I put that up. But they also had his drag. You know, he's got other ones where he, he drags paint with a big trowel. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. So I mean, he's yeah, he's all yeah, he's all over the map. He really has like two different, totally different careers. But there's there's a lot of artists that have done that over time. And you know, the one thing that I um, one of the first things that I ever saw by him that really impressed me, and I didn't even know who he was at the time. But back from my or from my um, like of music or whatever, the the Sonic Youth record "Daydream Nation," which came out probably in I don't know mid '90s or even before that. It has a, a a famous painting of his on the cover that's a candle,
1: mm-hmm. oh,
0: yes. and you may yeah. have seen that one. Yeah, so that's that. I, and I I always kind of marveled at that because I always thought it was a photograph, and then I realized it was a painting. And I'm like, whoa! But when you see it, um, like I had it on a compact disc, right? So you don't get any real artwork or anything with that. So you can't really get a good appreciation for it. But when I actually finally saw picture images, better done images and, you know, in, in coffee table art book or something like that uh, of it, you would say, oh, I see that. Yeah. Cause he's, you're right. He, he uses kind of a bit of a soft focus on the way that he, he renders the imagery. Yes. Yeah. And when you're far away from it, it looks like it's perfect. But when you get up close, you can see that it's not perfect. Mm. Oh. And that's, uh, I think, a real interesting talent that painters have. Um, you know, whether people that are trying are rendering images, like uh, I, we're not, <laughs> not not abstraction at all here, but I was just gonna, it made me think of um, John Singer Sargent, oh, and oh. and and you look at his uh, paintings, and you look at them up real close, like as close as the gallery will let you get to them, and they look like just beautiful abstract paintings, and then as you get far away, they look very realistic of painting of a, a woman's hand or something like that, that you're looking at it. I'm, I'm just, I've always fascinated by him for that reason. So I guess there is an abstract connection there that uh, some, some of these things are abstract when you get up close. And I think that's, that's a real, um, it's a real art form into itself. And I think the best, some of the best artists are able to do, to understand the distance thing. Like people are going to see this from farther away and how they're going to see it at different uh, distances away from it. Well,
1: I I don't know if you've seen his movie painting with Gerhard Rister on, on Netflix.
0: Oh, that's on Netflix. I haven't seen that. I should watch that.
1: Or I think it's, Gerhard Richter painting or something something like that very simple Uh, and the whole movie you can see uh, his his life as a painter and he he actually lets someone film him while he's painting but he's very 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 um, uncomfortable having someone watching him while painting Um, But um, he spends all this time uh, setting up a maquette of the National Gallery where his paintings will go. And they make little mini renditions of his paintings and they place them in the room. So you're right, he does understand all this because he plans it all himself. Well, well, with his assistants, he has two assistants.
0: So. And and you wonder what it, what it would what it would uh, like. I can't think of too many other painters that have such a diversity of the different things that they do. From these like very realistic looking, almost photograph like paintings to really working just with paint as a material and having no imagery whatsoever involved. Like I, there you know there are other artists out there that I can think of who have have certainly changed in midstream in their career I and got from
1: Picasso is an, is a good example of a very varied uh, painter he he Yeah, tried you know, a good he's, style.
0: He, Yeah, I mean he's somebody who who invented art over and over again. I mean, he's like, you know, the biggest name in art arguably because of that. Hmm. Because you know he just continued to reinvent himself and and art and that's yeah, but that's that's sort of in a different category again, I would say
1: but why why do you think that artists just stick with what they know so much?
0: Well, I think it's a combination of things, I think partially it's because there's an idea that they're working through, and sometimes those ideas take you an awfully long time to get through them mm-hmm. and I think you you spend your career kind of working on that. And uh, the working artists who I know, like I can look back and see things that they did in some cases as far back as the 1970s. And I can see what they're doing now. And I still see a, a connection between the two,
1: yeah. even though
0: they're night and day different there, but I still see a connection. You know, it's still made by the same person.
1: Yeah. Well, still, getting, still about the same ideas. Hint. The hint is the same. So, yes. yeah.
0: But, but, why, why would people not jump around more? I, yeah. um, that I don't really understand. And the other thing that can happen too is if you do get somebody who is, say, proficient at doing realistic paintings and re- some sort of realism on some level, or even not totally hyper-realism, but just sort of, you know, representational imagery. I find often when I see paintings done by People like that, if they try to make abstract paintings, they look like illustrations of abstract paintings to me. They don't look like they're coming from the heart. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I, I can't think of any, again, specific examples, but I, I'm thinking more actually of some of the books that I've bought over the years back when I was actually trying to paint years ago. And I remember I bought this book called Abstraction in Watercolor, and And the whole book was like that. I mean, it gave pretty good stuff about techniques, but every single painting in it looked to me like it was done by somebody who really didn't understand abstraction.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. I know. I've I've watched some YouTube videos, and uh, uh, it's not about the – like the marks marks are – they mean something, you know?
0: It's hard uh, to put exactly on it. I think. Yeah, do you,
1: you don't just kind of do random gestural, although you do do that. But then it has yeah. to sort of gel together with the whole I think, thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think what we're basically saying is that it's a, it's a talent unto itself to be able to make a good, believable abstract painting.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I think
0: that to go back to what we started talking about. Um, with how sort of average people who aren't necessarily that immersed in the arts, they don't like, they don't understand abstraction. They don't like it. And I think that they don't understand in a way that there is actually a talent in being able to make these things. And it's something that you have to train yourself to see and to like, and and maybe, maybe you don't care to do that. That's your business. I mean, if you, if, if you want to like just one certain type of art, that's fine. I think, I think that's boring myself because I like
1: courageous, very courageous to, to go that route. Because nobody's gonna like
0: it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, and, and you're gonna be criticized like crazy. This, you know, and well, if you're being criticized by people that don't actually understand art, that's not that big of a deal. The bigger problem is, is if the art critics are starting, or people that actually understand art don't have anything good to say about you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, um, I have a, another point. Um, we were talking about conceptual art a little bit, so we I think we can we have enough time to go back. Um, I, um, I, I don't know if you read the, any art magazines, but, um, I saw on the Canadian art, um, on the front page that, um, uh, some Quebec, Quebecois painters are going to the Venice Biennale. Oh, that's cool. And, um, they're called Doctissimo and they are three guys. And I looked at their piece, and it's it's um, towers of paint cans with like drips on the outside of the paint cans, and the I think the whole installation is also includes the background, um, uh, which is like um, a workshop. Uh, so they they're building a workshop, and they have these these tin cans of, of paint, um, like house paint, you know, like the big yeah. cans uh, all piled up. Um, and I <laughs> see, that's the thing. That's where I go, what?
0: <laughs> but then, yeah, I'd have to see it. I mean, I don't, it doesn't all speak to me, but some of it I find fascinating. Like, I don't know who, do you know Janet Cardiff at all?
1: No.
0: She does uh, sound-based installations, Ooh. and I, and she'll have things where like there's speakers throughout the entire room that are sort of standing up, and so it looks kind of cool unto itself just because there's all these speakers, and there's a different conversations going on in each of them, and you kind of walk in through them, and you can't really pick up on any one of them, and they're all kind of invading your head at the same time. It's but it's quiet though; it's not loud. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I, I thought it was really cool. And and she was she was Canada's representative. She went to the Venice Biennale. Um, I don't remember when, probably at least 10 years ago I, as a Canadian rapper. And I'm, I'm hoping I'm right on that. This is all being recorded, don't you know?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think I'm right on that, though. I think Janet Cardiff was Canada's um, entry to the Venice Biennale probably in the late, maybe the early 2000s. Well, that's
1: easy, easy to check, but, but anyway, true. it doesn't matter. Um, it's all about uh, the experience of you know art and oh, we're, sure. we're, we're talking about it and um, the other point I wanted to make was that out of the 185 artists on their website, uh, none of them were Canadian. It was just um, in the national, like they have a category of of countries that are represented. Yeah. The Those three Canadian artists were going. So I don't know what that says about... Uh, Canada, or what, but we don't seem to be um, having much of a of a voice um, outside of Canada. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how the Biennale works. I'm not sure if our, our countries, uh, I don't know, like, I'm not sure the nomination process, or do you apply for that as a grant? I'm not sure how that how you get into the Biennale, or you, mm-hmm. but um, it's certainly either. the pre- it's certainly the primo, um, one of the you know the highest recognitions you can have is to have a piece in that. So uh, I, I think there've been years when there have been more Canadian artists there. Maybe it's just a, not a great year for it. I I, I don't know.
1: Oh, it's possible. It's possible. I don't know. I've just started uh, checking these things out because of the podcast. I I I'm starting to uh, pay attention to what's around me and. Um, you know, to talk about it, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. it would be interesting to do a little bit of work, research into uh, uh, just how that whole process works, and maybe uh, who are some of the Canadian artists who've actually made submissions to that before and been accepted.
1: hmm But, um, so, I think we're going to say
0: goodbye? How yes, we've been uh, about- that sounds good to me we've been at this for 30 minutes i think it was a pretty good conversation don't you yes i missed it we, we missed a couple of weeks so it was good to get back into it and yeah. hopefully okay. there's not too many disruptions in the summer i do worry that the summer is not the best time for this but who knows i'll, oh, I'll do Oh
1: yeah don't worry about it just let me know yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah we'll do our best
1: okay i'm just gonna say bye-bye for
0: now okay take care uh, okay see you I'll, I'll chat with you later okay okay bye yep see you